Automobiles lifted and flung through the air. Welcome back to the Disaster Masters podcast. This is not my usual intro, but we're going with this anyways. So today I am joined by not only another cool person, but also another member of the DM team. Introduce yourself, cool person. Hi, I am. Am I really a cool person? Thank you. Yes, of course you're a cool person. (laughs) Hi, I'm Victoria. I am a DM. I'm a player. I'm a cosplayer. I am a generally weird and wonderful person i guess i don't know introductions are weird i know i don't understand them i never really prepare people for this introduction portion i literally just go introduce yourself and nobody's ever prepared but it's great it's hilarious well um yeah no that's a great introduction (laughs) thanks yeah so i feel like i'm at like a like a meeting like hi i'm victoria and i have a problem (laughs) with buying too many wigs Hi, Victoria. That's, yeah, we'll get into that. <laughs> the Indian Autumn. Another week last oh, week. Oh, Jesus. Okay. It's so pretty. I'm sure you have great taste in costume stuff, but all right. We'll get into that in a second. But basically, <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, this, is, uh, this is Victoria's first time recording with me, which is very fun. Um, your episode, this episode, is actually going to go up before a couple of the other episodes that I've recorded. So I do have an episode with both Abby and Spencer at the same time to talk about like NPCs and some fun campaign stories. But this episode is going to go up before that. I know. So this is your first time recording with me. How how do you feel? Are you excited? Are you nervous? What's, what's I am terrified because I tend to say some really ad lib and weird things and you have that recorded now and that could end up on the <laughs> internet and you've heard yep. me say some weird things. And it's some, true. Wait, but can I, I also, swear? Is, is swearing a thing? Do I have to be careful of that? Because yeah, I swear quite a bit. Yeah, live your life. Great. Up to Titties. Great introduction. Love that. Thanks. All right. Oh, God. Remind me to tell you about um, car lesbians later. Okay. Duly noted. <laughs> okay. I have no idea what that means. I know what the words mean individually. Put together, <laughs> I'm intrigued. Um, yes. In case anybody didn't know, like, we're going to be deep enough into this podcast episodes by now. It's like almost everybody on the DM team is some kind of queer or just generally like an ally and fun. Um, Victoria and I are both Hello. queer humans. We've got a couple other queer, queer humans. Um, yeah. A lot of our friends are queer too. And we do mean I queer mean, as in LGBT, not just weird. Because I know some yeah. people do still use, well, we're weird too, but. <laughs> queer is definitely like a term with multiple different meanings. Yeah. But I'd yes, say. a lot of us are LGBT and or just fun weirdos. I like fun weirdos. Fun weirdos. Yeah. It's a good way to describe us. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> so we've known each other for a while. Yeah. We've known each other. Oh God, it's been at least a year now. Yeah. At least oh, a year. God. I think a little more even. Yeah. Uh, we both were. Yeah. At- no, definitely more. Yeah. So we both worked at Starbucks together. We did. We did. We had the fun bonding of customer service. uh, Customer service. Wow. Yay. Yay. So much fun. (laughs) We also quit around the same time, which was fun. So we just spent like an afternoon hanging out, doing board games and ice cream. Oh, I remember uh, that. That was so much fun. Complaining about our jobs. So um, caveat, Starbucks is honestly a pretty good place to work. It depends a lot on, yeah, it depends a lot on your manager and your location Mm -hmm. and your workers, like any job. But in general, pretty good company to work for. They've got really good benefits. They're fairly ethical. Really good. Yeah. And they just upgraded their benefits. Like now they've got like the trans coverage as well. 
Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, considering that they're like a giant corporate company, they're pretty ethical and like pretty inclusive and accepting and chill. And I had a much better manager than you did. (laughs) Yes, you did. Um, I I had, there were problems. Yeah, we were a lot of problems. Yeah, no. we won't name names, but... Because, you know, yeah, need to work in the future and, like, no. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so that's how we met uh, Starbucks, which was fun. Yeah, Kaylee or- literally saved my ass. Uh, um, I, I, I was the, I was in charge of like uh, the team and Kaylee walked in and I was like, what can you do? And Kaylee was like, everything, everything. And it didn't compute in my brain that someone was uh, competent at their job. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait, what? And Kaylee yeah, was like, yeah, where do you need me? You like, malfunctioned a little bit. It was <laughs> I, I did. It was glorious. Yeah. yeah. That's how we met. Actually, that's not how we met technically. So we found no. out. No. Oh God, you're right. Ago, yeah. We found out a little while ago that we had actually met at Comic-Con very briefly mm-hmm. before we ever met at Starbucks. We didn't realize that until like way after we'd become friends. <laughs> way, way after. we figured it out at our board game hangout. I think so. But like months after we'd become friends, we realized this and it's like, oh yeah, yeah. which is some like fun, small world. That's ridiculous. That's know, kind of the thing about conventions though. When you go there and you meet people, you don't remember it until someone yeah. reminds you. Because conventions uh-huh. are just one big blur of happiness <laughs> yes. and enjoyingness, at least for me. Yeah, no, I think for me too. That was actually the first time I'd ever been to Comic-Con, which was really fun. Aww. Yeah. Uh, yes, I, I almost bought a sword. And then I didn't buy a sword at Comic-Con. And then I bought a sword a couple months later. Yes, fun fact about me, yeah. the resident DM, Kaylee, I do own a sword, which is great. And several other medium to small sized weapons because they're fun. And I'm studying medieval history. So <laughs> that's true. Which is a fun fact. And that's a great it's way fun. to make friends in a history program. It's just like, fun fact about you I own a sword. Yeah. Well, I own a sword as <laughs> yes. well. You also own a sword. We are, we are. Well, I have a katana. Friends. There's a difference, I guess. There is a difference. I have a 14th century broadsword. You have a katana. I have the katana from Bleach because I am that. nerd trash and it's glorious. Hey, nothing wrong with that. That's why we're here. We're here to be nerds. All right. Speaking of, we are uh-huh. going to be talking about today, not a ton of D&D. We are going to be talking about D&D a little bit because Victoria does also play D&D with me. Um, you have for a little while now and you've also been playing D&D for quite a few years. I've been playing D&D for at least six years. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. My math is not very good. That's okay. But yeah, I've been playing D&D for six years. Yeah. Solid. And I like it. But yeah. But what I really want to talk with you about today is cosplay. <gasps> yes, very excited. So I love you, cosplay. Yeah, cosplay is super fun. For anybody who doesn't know what cosplay is, why don't you explain it? Yeah, so cosplay is um, an, amalg- an amalgamation of two words, costume and role play. It is basically where you, as a person, dress up in a costume of a character and that make like you role play as that character if you'd like to it's mm-hmm. just lots and lots of fun <laughs> yeah and there's different types of cosplay there's um obviously cosplay where you dress as accurately to the character as possible there's mm-hmm. gender bending a character which is where you take a character and you switch the genders so it alters the costume it alters the composition of how you wear it mm-hmm. there's uh crossplay which is when um, a person of one gender dresses in a costume of another gender. So I, as a female, 
person have dressed as male characters that would be considered crossplay. Mm-hmm. There's um, like there's so many. Yeah, there's so many. There's also things like Disney bounding, if anybody's heard of that. Ooh, yeah. Which is like fun. a very kind of mild form of cosplay. Yeah. It's very wear, Yeah. You wear outfits like inspired by Disney characters. Mm-hmm. It started out because people wanted to dress up to go to Disney World. But, but they weren't allowed, allowed to. Yeah. Because <clears throat> they already have their own like cosplayers basically. Their own cast yeah. members. It could be problematic if um, a kid saw Elsa puking in the bushes because yeah. the person at Disneyland, you know, had a bit too much to drink and then went on the giant roller coaster that is scary. Yeah. So, yeah, you're not allowed to dress up in the parks, but you can no. do what's called Disney bounding, which is where you wear, like, outfits inspired by the characters you like. Yeah, but Disney bounding is different than casual cosplay, which is yes. where you dress as a character in a casual modern outfit. Yes just because cosplay is expensive and sometimes you just want to wear something comfortable. Yep. And also conventions tend to be long and also very, very hot. Oh God. Yeah. Temperatures are just ridiculous. Yeah. You get like a hundred thousand people in a small room together. It's going to get hot. And especially, I don't know what it is, but I've been to way too many conventions where the AC has broken yeah. Sometimes and I feel like they tell us it's broken, even if it's not, just because they don't want to have to crank it up so high that it costs them a ton of money. Yeah. No, you're probably right. Yeah. Unfortunately. So we're um, both from Toronto, and yep. a lot of convention hosts in Toronto are either, like, traveling conventions or just, like, you know, cheap as hell. <laughs> there's really... Yeah, there's nothing in between. It's either, like, the really big traveling ones or, yeah. like... The really small home run, but we got to be cheap ones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely fun. So Ugh. how long have you been cosplaying? I have been cosplaying for 10 years. Wow. Um, nice. Yeah, I've been cosplaying since I was the end. Yeah, I've been cosplaying since I was 15. Mm-hmm. I started in high school. I actually was going to conventions before I started cosplaying. Fun. So I was like looking all oh wow everyone's in costume i'll never do that it's too much for me (laughs) 10 years later um (laughs) 10 years later you have a whole separate closet for cosplay stuff i have two separate closets for cosplay (laughs) forget one um incredible (laughs) i have the closet where i hang up things and i have i think three different like industrial size bins of cosplay not Checks to out. mention at least 130 wigs wow that's a lot i have a wig problem that's, i do i yeah. have even amongst Fair. cosplayers that's a lot of wigs and yeah i was, I was gonna say that's a lot of wigs see i so i also cosplay i don't do a ton of cosplay i have like two things i cosplay that as. still makes you a cosplayer yeah though. i cosplay as ursula which you've seen I and have. I'm in love with it. Yes. I also do Ursula for Halloween a lot because it's a fun one and it's not like super uncomfortable or hard to wear all day. And the makeup is so fun. Uh, and I also do Sims mm-hmm. characters. <laughs> <laughs> Which is how we met. It is how we met. I was dressed as a Sim at Comic-Con when we met for the first time. We were the only Sims there that day, me and my friend Layla. I was so excited. I was like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and my friend Layla who went to Comic-Con together. Layla, I don't think, I don't know if you listen to these podcasts, but if you do, shout out to you. You're cool. Um, I don't know. Support your friends. Anyways. (laughs) We were at Comic-Con together 
and it was actually the first time either of us had been to Comic-Con. She'd gone to Fan Expo, I believe, maybe not. Feel free to correct me, Layla, if you if you hear this. Um, but And I'd been trying to go for years, but I just always ended up having to work, mm. which sucks, you know? But anyways, so we needed to do like kind of a quick cosplay because we only found out we were going to be able to go like two days before. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> Two-day cosplay. Fine. Two day cosplay. So I was I've like, done it. I was like, Not what fun. can we whip up in two days? So I was like, perfect. Sims characters. Because you just wear your normal clothes and you make like the green diamond. We put it on headbands. And it was awesome. Yep. Super yeah. simple. But super simple, super effective, and people will never not be excited to see a sim. Yeah, that's a thing. Like, I know people that spend hundreds of thousands of hours on costumes and no one recognizes them and no one cares. And then you put like a green diamond on, everyone's like, Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I love that. It's so, it's one of those just like um, con and cosplayer culture things where it's like everybody's always excited to see sims i hadn't seen any sims at a convention for a while just Mm because they are losing popularity a little bit as a cosplay and then i saw you as a sims i was like hey sims i know it's such a fun easy costume too like if you're thinking about cosplaying for the first time and you don't have something planned and you don't know what to do like maybe just consider going as sims like it's so easy and i did like a cool 3d diamond on a headband but you could also just cut out a piece of cardboard and paint it green and oh, like yeah. that would also be totally fine yeah right? i think you can also just buy them on Amazon. yeah probably yeah, i made mine but i'm i'm also cheap and crafty uh <laughs> you're a very crafty person thank you it's pretty I, impressive thank you i mean it lends itself well to like costumes and halloween and all kinds of stuff also D. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah yeah i think cypher yeah <laughs> yes context of that um victoria is playing in my current long campaign that i'm dm i am yes you are playing a very fun gnome named cabarink <laughs> cabarink is amazing and i love yes. him <laughs> yeah i think i've actually mentioned cabarink in a couple of the other episodes he's honestly one of my favorite characters in this campaign he's just like so funny yeah. and just a great addition to the party anyways but i gave them a coded journal and instead of just writing what that was in the coded journal so they could like figure it out blah blah i made a code with a cipher that they now have to break and translate this is what i was doing today because we are a bit late recording so yeah i i know none of you can see this but i'm actually holding up the journal that i am decoding nice but the worst thing is cabrink will never decode this he is not smart enough he's reading challenged and that's mm-hmm. in languages he does know. Yeah. <laughs> so, th- no. Yeah. Yeah. It'll certainly be interesting. We've got a couple characters like that. Like, Scott's character, I don't know. His name is Caliban. He's a fun ranger. I talked about him in Scott's episode. But I don't know if Caliban would necessarily care to translate the journals. But Scott oh. wants to translate the journals. Or um, Ellie. Abby's her bard. Yeah. She, she's a halfling. She's a halfling bard. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she would necessarily, well, she would want to translate them because she's very like inquisitive and curious, but she wouldn't necessarily do much with them because Ellie's also not the crispiest chip in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What is that? 
Have <laughs> you not heard that before? I have never heard that. Oh my god, yeah, there's so it's like not the brightest, but I I know so many of these. They're so funny. It's like not the crispiest chip in the bag, not the shiniest spoon in the drawer or sharpest knife in the drawer, not the brightest crayon in the box. Oh. Not the sharpest tool in the shed. I think that's one. Yeah, that one I've heard. That's a common one. There's there's oh, a couple wow. others and they're just they're so funny. Anyways, I like mixing it up. I like not the crispiest chip in the bag because it implies I, no, still I love fun that. and pleasant. Yeah, because it like implies still fun and pleasant, but like not not necessarily great. Uh, <laughs> like oh, I love. That. Yeah, it's a fun one. But yeah, so you've been cosplaying for a hot second. Uh, a very long hot second. Yes. What are some of the characters that you cosplay? Oh God. Um. So I've I know there's least... a lot of them. There's a lot. So I've done yeah. at least 200 different cosplays Jeez. over the years. Awesome. Um, and I have so many more planned. I've yes. cosplayed Belma from Scooby-Doo. I've cosplayed one. Raven from Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. I do a whole bunch of anime cosplay, like mm-hmm. Haruhi Suzumiya, Mikuru Asahina. Um, I cosplay different Pokemons. I cosplay... Uh, now I forget all my cosplays. Looking around my room. It's okay. I know you've done a couple <laughs> different, like, aerial cosplays yeah i've got a whole bunch of ariel she ended up being my um i got the wig for her in like a Mm -hmm. wig bundle i bought and i was like i'm never gonna cosplay a disney princess and then a year later i have five different ariel cosplays i can wear yep i've got it's great it is i love her yes we will eventually go to a con together as ariel and ursula I really, really would love that. Yes. A lot. Yeah, my Ursula cosplay is, like, kind of a punky Ursula. Like, I know people do her in, like, big ball gowns. Uh, Mine is in, like, a distressed tutu and leather pants. Yeah. Yeah. I'll probably, and since you're doing a little bit of a punky Ursula, I do have a hipster Ariel cosplay. I love that. And I love wearing that. That's my favorite. I think that is my favorite of the Ariels I have. Because I've mm-hmm. got like her blue dress, and then I have like a swimsuit version, and yeah, I've cool. got a rave version that I wear nice. that I was going to wear to YetiCon this year, and I then <laughs> we are in the year of no conventions, which is very sad. But- My mother described it really well. She says the way that I talk about um, conventions and cosplay and how much I miss it, it's like a mm-hmm. drug addict. <laughs> Like a drug addict talking about cocaine. Like, I need my fix. I (laughs) I legitimately, like... Cons are fun, too, though, because there's not a ton of cons a year. There's, like, maybe three or four a year, right? Okay, I'm... She's shaking Okay, so there's... So... I, yeah, shaking my head, SMH. So, um, in terms of conventions, there's three or four big ones. You've got Comic-Con, yeah. Anime North, and Fan Expo being your three yeah. major Toronto conventions. And then you've got your mini-cons, things like SakuraCon. Yeah. Um, I think FayCon was a couple of years ago. Yep. There's Anime Matsuri. There's mm-hmm. uh, DTAC or Fan Days or... Uh, they keep changing the name, honestly. I think it has a different name this year. Yeah. And then anime, there's, as I mentioned, and then there's Shogatsu. There's uh, mm. Anime North usually does a Halloween convention. Fun. I think LeakyCon like, comes to Toronto every couple years, too. LeakyCon is the Harry yeah. Potter one. There's a costume con, which is a yeah. mainly used as a space for nationally ranked co- like cosplay um, competition. Ah, cosplay yeah. humans. That's a great cosplay humans. Yes, so that yes. one like usually you go from cosplay con to the world summit for cosplay, ah, which is like yeah. competitive cosplay is a whole Insane. other thing. Yeah, seriously. I've got people. I know friends that compete, and it's amazing what they can do. 
Yeah. And like, we're not even talking about like, like really serious, like professional cosplaying today at all either. Like we're talking about like, no, I know casual cosplay is a different thing, but like casually cosplaying, you know, I am a casual cosplayer. I do not compete. I don't make most of my things. I do make quite a bit of it, just not most of it. And like, not all of it is a lot of people do. Yeah. A lot of people do like professional cosplay also get like custom pieces and like all that kind of stuff. And it it, it can be really intense. I do not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, To all the professional cosplayers out there, we love you. You're awesome. We're just not you. I have one friend who, so I have a friend that does all of their own costume making and And they do armor making as well. Ooh, that's fun. So awesome. Love armor. I can't make armor, but I love it. I probably could. Just never if wear I, it. Yeah, I probably could make armor. Like we said, I'm I'm pretty crafty. I'm good with costumes. You are. I feel like give you a give you a heat gun and some warbler, and you'd have so oh, much yeah. fun. See, I also I think I mentioned this in another episode, but I honestly don't remember because I do record these way out of order. Like the episodes that are going up right now, it's the beginning of August right now when we're recording mm-hmm. this. The episodes that are going up right now, I recorded like mid June. <laughs> And I was, I, it took me a little while to find an editing program that actually worked for me. I did end up springing for audition, which is like the classic podcasting editing software, but I tried a bunch of other ones first and they all sucked. Uh, no shade on you if you like the free, like the other ones, like Audacity is pretty good and uh, WavePad is fine. <laughs> but like, I, they didn't work for me personally. Anyways, what was the point of this? I lost my dream. We were talking about how crazy cosplay oh, is and how armor yes. making and how you're very crafty. Yeah. So what I was going to say is like, yeah, we're recording these all out of order. So I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before or not, but I was a theater kid and I did theater for like, from the time I was like eight to the time I was like, 18 like regularly and as just part of my like daily life I did theater stuff like with school and with after school stuff and not a ton of after school stuff mostly through school so so many theater things and one of the big things I did was I managed the production department at my high school well my first high school because I went to two and I did all of the costuming a lot of the props and all the makeup and hair for almost every stage production that my school put on which there were quite a few of them so so I got a lot of practice making costumes. I'm also big into Halloween. And I also used to do special effects, which you know about me. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. The first time cool Kaylee ever showed me some of the things that you can do, I was like, what is this? It's <laughs> magic yeah. and I don't believe it exists. Yes, it's fun. Anyways, but yeah, I think I think I could probably make armor if I wanted to. I have uh, a goal that I am doing, which I'm like always a little bit embarrassed to talk about, but also I think is hilarious, of eventually making chainmail. But the way I'm going to make it is I've been collecting like soda pop tabs, like the little pop tabs on the top of the tab. It's so much fun. Yeah. I've been collecting them for like two or three years and I have like almost 300 of them. Um, And I still haven't gotten around to trying to like make chainmail, but also we'll we'll see. It'll be a fun like um, environmental activism activism and recycling meets cosplay moment. But yeah, so there's a bunch of cons. Yes, there are a lot. I didn't even name a quarter of them. Yeah, but yeah, so we're Um. in the year of no conventions, which sucks. There actually were a few Toronto conventions before yeah. this all started. I think there were two of them. Yeah. Um, Kitchener Comic Con and Anime Shogatsu were the two yes. that I know of. And I missed both of them. Oh, sad. 
I was like, because I was going to go and I was like, you know what? Comic-Con's in a couple weeks. I've got a ticket. I'll just go there. I know. And I was also going to go to Kitchener Comic-Con because earlier this year I was living in Kitchener-Waterloo to go to school. And now I'm back home in Toronto for quarantine. So I was like, I'll go to Kitchener Comic-Con. And then nobody wanted to go with (laughs) me. Oh, I had known I would have gone with you. I know. Because that was the thing. I didn't want to go alone. (laughs) Oh, man. Why didn't we? Uh, That was like the few weeks near, like where we were both too busy to chat too much I think yeah we didn't talk for a couple weeks just because life yeah I think I was like in the middle of midterms or something and you you were away a bit because you spent a little bit of time in Miami too and yeah I was back and forth from Miami for like four months or something yeah damn we should have we should have made it happen anyways hindsight's Uh, 2020 I know yes it is yes hopefully conventions will be allowed to happen again soon question mark we'd rather the pandemic the next convention that'd be nice um next convention i know that's like they're doing it and it's official is fan expo wants to reschedule and do a half capacity half space convention so like instead of the full um, convention center building it'd be half the building like they do for comic-con and then they only do half capacity so it'd probably only be twenty-five thousand people yeah instead of the usual 50 to 75 that they tend to do yep and then they want to do that in last week of november is the last i heard interesting so well if things keep trending down maybe we can go to fan expo i hope so hopefully this is your uh disaster masters podcast reminder to continue social distancing and wear your masks and wear a mask don't be idiots anyway also wear your mask over your nose and make sure and if you're gonna take your mask off to like take a sip of your drink or something just take it all the way off don't wear it like a chin strap because that literally ruins your mask anyways i did i was i went to Eaton Center for the first time today since everything had opened up because I had to buy some running shoes and yeah, Eaton Center is a mall context yes context for anybody who doesn't know what Eaton Center is uh it is the biggest mall in Toronto like in Toronto proper not the GTA there's some bigger ones in the GTA yeah but in like Toronto downtown Toronto Toronto proper it's the biggest mall it's giant uh and they opened it up I don't know a couple weeks ago Friday, Friday. not even a couple weeks ago Friday no like a couple days at this couple point. days yep and and no, no, they opened it up. It's been open for at least two weeks because when I got my tattoos a couple weeks ago, it was open. Was it? Yeah, they opened up Friday like a week and a half or two weeks ago now. Okay, you know what? I am on quarantine time. The only thing <laughs> I know for certain is my D&D dates. Like, that's it. Valid. Time doesn't exist in quarantine. I crocheted an entire blanket before I realized it had been like four days. Um, <laughs> it doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. It just does not exist. And I, I, I hate it, but I love it. But yeah. I mostly hate it. Yeah, mostly hate it. Um, But also, quarantine is important and like be safe yes be safe yes, just be because safe. you don't like something does not mean it's not good for you yes definitely just like i don't know like a lot of vegetables just because you don't like them doesn't mean they're not good for you <laughs> what a great face anyways thank you i yes. worked on it all night you know i was <laughs> yeah. born with it so i figured i might as well make it work for me valid yeah sometimes when we're recording podcasts me and whoever i'm hanging out with that day we do forget a little bit that people won't be able to see us oh my god i forgot yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So we make faces at each other and do that kind of thing. And it's start like closed captioning this. Victoria makes an obnoxious face, squinty, pouty face. Yes. So it's, it's, it's fun sometimes. People forget that we can't see, like they're, you guys aren't going to be able to see us because it's a podcast. You, know, you it's just, wouldn't want to. Yeah, we're both just like hanging out. It's very hot in Toronto right now. It's like so hot, so hot. Luckily, we both have air conditioning. But well, is your power back on? You don't have air conditioning Um, right now. 
No, my oh. power. So my power, so my power came back on around mm-hmm. midnight, and then okay. around like like two thirty, yeah, it shut down again. Oof. So we're currently no power in my building again, and I am not happy about it. That's rough. <laughs> I luckily have air conditioning because I overheat so quickly. But I'm so sorry, my friend. Thank you. you. Get some ice cream or something. I ran out yesterday because oh, no. I was ho- I was overheating, so I eat all my ice cream. Because I'll go buy more today, and then I don't want to go down the multiple flights of stairs to go get ice cream. And I have to walk back up multiple flights of stairs. Yeah. No. That's super valid. All right. (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah. So back to what we were talking about. Inter- yeah, we we tangent. It's fine. It's, I'm it's, so it's, sorry. It's called Disaster Masters. It, it doesn't have to be like super organized. It's just supposed to be fun. Anyways, yeah. So characters, you cosplay a lot of characters. We've already talked about. Mm. Oh yeah. And the thing yeah. is, I'm always adding to my roster. Yeah. Uh, so like I just got yeah. the platelet costume from Cells at Work a couple oh, sick. months ago. and Yeah, so how do you choose which characters to cosplay? I know that it's a, it's kind of a little bit of a tough question, but like for <laughs> no, you... No, no, it's a pretty common question, actually. Yeah. Um, so the, the main question, so there's a few different factors, a lot of people, the different mm-hmm. ways people choose. I choose characters based on things like what do I already have available in my wardrobe? Mm-hmm. Do I like the character? That's do I like one. the show they're from? And how cheaply can I make this? Fair. Like, that's an honest question. Like, um, I cosplayed Nate from Yokai Watch. Mm-hmm. I did a gender bent of that, which means I took Nate as a male character and I made it into a female character because boobs. Um, <laughs> yep, that's a thing. <laughs> yeah, like, I do own a binder and I do do male characters, but sometimes yeah. I'm just like, I don't want to wear it. Yeah, and then, like, don't. sometimes if you're going, especially to big conventions where they get, like, ridiculously hot, it's oh, yeah, like I have, a little bit, not unsafe, but just tough. No, you can, you can get yeah. some pretty bad rashes and you can actually get heat stroke from that because your yeah. best is not. Yeah. So like, like you know, cosplaying friends. The right way. Yeah. Cosplaying friends and non-binary friends and trans friends. Just if you're binding while going to conventions, just be careful. Or anywhere hot. Or anywhere super hot. Just like be careful. Make sure you're taking care of yourselves. Just oh, yeah. um, a DM tip, but also a cosplayer and from your friends at the just, Disaster Masters podcast. Just make sure you're taking care of yourself safe. if you're binding. And make sure you're getting actual proper binders and not binding with no. like ace bandages because that's do not insane. use duct tape. Don't ooh, horror story. I knew a guy okay. and he was he was trans, so yeah. um, FTM, and mm-hmm. he was like, I want to open chest bind and go to Pride and have fun, and so mm-hmm. he did. He opened chest bound, which is when you take your your boobs and you push them to the side and you tape yeah. them down and what you're supposed to do is use either medical tape or sports tape yeah or safely tape. or yeah. kinesiology tape of course and yeah. do it safely and then you know adjust things and move things to make sure everything the blood flow is proper and everything is proper yeah. this lovely child um i say child but he was like 26 at the time oh my God. <laughs> and he decided to have his friend are- doing stuff (laughs) yes so he took he had his you're also supposed to use band-aids or gauze to cover your nipples before you do this yeah and he had his friend duct tape his 
like boobs open Mm -hmm. and they didn't cover the nipples so when they were trying to take the duct tape off everything came off and they had to go to the ER and it was bad yep that that happens so yeah friends who are binding make sure you're doing it safely and that you're taking care of yourselves um please even if it's like uh, even if you're just like i'm just going for an hour or two even if you have to go to the bathroom to just take the binder off for a second and massage things just to make sure the blood is flowing properly and then you put it back on yeah that's still a good idea yep or even like friends who are going in costumes that require things like really tall heels or corsets like also do that safely (laughs) and be careful and tall heels corsets pointy warbler warbler can hurt people i have scars from warbler and it hurts so cosplay safely and if your cosplay starts to Mm -hmm. be not safe there's absolutely nothing wrong with sitting on the floor and taking a minute to like figure out what's going wrong oh yeah or going to the bathroom or anything like that just Mm -hmm. yeah there's usually places for cost and bigger conventions will usually have like a cosplay like um lounge yeah thank you a cosplay lounge or places on the side where you can sit um Mm -hmm. there's cosplay medics and cosplay moms that just walk around with like things to help you with cosplay or you know band-aids if you have blisters and things like that and Mm -hmm. there's all there are always at least a few of them walking around yeah i remember the comic-con i went to i also saw a medic who had like bottles of water he was handing out to cosplay yeah that is that's also uh, a thing yeah, his name is Wayne. He is the cosplay <laughs> medic. He is fantastic. Love that. Shout Walks out around to with Wayne. The shield and the shield opens up. Huh? I love that. Shout out to Wayne. You rock. Shout out to Wayne. I've never met you, but you sound awesome. <laughs> he <laughs> is a great human far. being. Yeah. He is fantastic. Yeah, cosplaying is a fun community that I'm, I haven't been a part of for like a super long time, but from the cosplayers I do know and the conventions I have been to, you're all super, super cool humans. Thank so you. in terms of conventions specifically, mm-hmm. what is, other than kind of like the anticipation of like getting to go to conventions and like getting your cosplay ready and that kind of stuff, what's your favorite thing about conventions? My favorite thing besides like that, is yeah. my favorite thing is the people. Mm-hmm. You go to conventions and there is this sense of togetherness that you mm-hmm. have when you're there. Even if you are walking around alone in a room with a hundred thousand other people, you still feel like you're somewhere you belong. Like I've gone to conventions in head to toe cosplay. I've gone to conventions mm-hmm. in a t-shirt and jeans. And no matter yeah what I look like, no matter who I am, no matter what I feel like that day, a convention is a place where as a human being, anyone can belong. Mm -hmm. And I just really like that. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things about going to conventions is that, so I'm, I'm big into some of like the smaller fandoms too. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also like tarot, I read tarot cards and I, I do lots of interesting stuff, but it's really cool to go to conventions and see like, not just like Marvel merch or not just like Harry Potter or whatever. And you can see kind of a lot of the smaller fandoms too. Mm -hmm. And especially with things like Comic-Con, there's also so many cool, like not even fandom artists. Yeah, Artist Alley is amazing. Yeah, Artist Alley is so cool. And all kinds of really, really awesome stuff like that. So it's this really cool community that's like, yes, it's about like comics and fandoms and all that kind of stuff, but it's also like artists and like people who are super into culture. And this is a fun little anecdote there is a professor at the university of waterloo who studies furries and she does sociological i know she does sociological identity research 
on furries in the furry fandom. Mm. Um, they have a website. It's called Fur Science. If you want to check it out, they're really interesting people. But I also know that like they go to conventions to like they do yeah and they do like surveys and yeah and they go and they go and they do surveys and they ask all kinds of people all kinds of stuff so if you ever see people in like bright neon orange t-shirts at a comic-con handing out surveys they're probably from fur science go say hi they're really nice (laughs) yeah and people do that i've seen yeah 100 like i i knew this person they were in high school and they went to a convention and they're like, I need a thesis for my psychology class. And they so they walked around and they were like, they did like a small survey at the convention mm. and they got an A. And I was so proud of That's them. Awesome. They're pretty little self. Yeah. Um, conventions but, are cool yeah. like that. I mean, furries have their own conventions even, which they is, do. I think, really cool. Because you get things like sub-conventions where conventions yeah. for a specific style, like anime conventions, specifically uh-huh. anime only, like Anime yeah. North. Or you get Comic-Con, which really is comic-based, at least yes. originally. And now it's kind of branching out because it's getting bigger but that's still pretty yeah. cool or and you fan get expo is um, kind of the big one for everything everything but you and also I, get like um supernatural convention yeah Superna- super con supernatural con i don't remember what it's SBN called SBN con something like that i think yeah and then SBN. con for harry potter and isn't there yeah. a ghibli one as well there's a couple ghibli ones but we don't yeah. have one in toronto as far as i'm aware yeah but i know that there is there's like us there's con- there are cosplay conventions there's furry mm-hmm. conventions there's card show conventions like to, like card game conventions yeah. for specific card games. I went to a Magic the Gathering convention. Love that. Yeah, I know about that. Which was so there's much Pokemon fun. Ones too, and there's a bunch of Pokemon ones. There's a ones. ton. That's kind of the fun thing. Like, if you're looking for a specific type of convention, it probably exists. Mm-hmm. And even if you have to travel a little bit, just like go spend a day in another cool place and go to a cool convention and oh, talk yeah. to cool people and then there you go. Definitely. Yeah. If you can find a convention that speaks to you as a fan or as a person, yeah. It's worth your time to go. Yeah, 100%. So here's another fun question for you. If you could cosplay any character that you haven't already cosplayed. Oh, okay. With no holds barred and no boundaries in terms of like price or like actual equipment needed, like your dream character. Who would My be? dream character. Yeah. See, the problem is I had a dream cosplay and mm. then I did it. So now okay. I'm kind of looking for that next dream cosplay because I yeah. wanted to really cosplay Hela from the comic, from the like Marvel comic series. And then yeah. like I wanted to do that for like about seven years. And then then Thor Ragnarok came out and she was mm-hmm. in it. So all of a sudden everyone was selling that cosplay. And I was like, yeah. I thought I would have to make this and it would take me years and I'd have to learn how to sew spandex. And now <laughs> oh, I can God. buy it sewing on eBay so for $20. What is this? Sewing spandex is so a, a friend of mine got the costume and then let me borrow it and I got to wear it. That's awesome. The character and I was like, ah! That's Which so was great. I'd probably, no, if I could do anything, I'd probably do probably like a full armored stormtrooper would be really fun Ooh, that'd be fun yeah that'd be a lot of fun or um a twilight Love i'm very that. yeah would i think be a lot favorite... of fun just because these are costumes that just require either body paint which i'm not good at yeah or armor pieces which i'm not good at <laughs> or... i think my favorite cosplay i've ever seen is same convention comic-con last year i saw mm. a couple people in like full dalek costumes 
Oh yeah, the, I would do a duck. No, that's it. That would be. And they it. were I'd like wheel- They were like wheeling around, and it was they were greeting people in the Dalek voice, and it was so cool. I have Wait, a were video they in the costume, or were these the actual Daleks? No, like in the actual Dalek, it was yeah. so cool. And I so saw cool. one of them saw us, me and my friend Layla, in our Sim costumes, and greeted us. It was like hello, Sims, and we were like, "What's going on?" Because <laughs> we originally yeah. thought they might have been like robots that somebody had to go with their like Doctor Who cosplay. But no, they were the cosplayers. And it was so, yeah, so scared the, majority the of those, shit out of us. The majority of those Daleks actually are with the um, the Doctor Who Society of Toronto, yeah. I believe they're called. Mm-hmm. And they're a really great like yeah. society of people who love Doctor Who. And they usually fundraise for good charities, which is a lot mm-hmm. of things a lot of cosplayers do is they yeah. do fundraisers. Um, yeah, definitely. They're fantastic. Yeah. I would love a suit like that, but they, yeah. they cost quite a bit of money. So many monies. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Or you have to build them yourself. And yeah, which will still no. cost a lot of money. That's the thing with cosplays. Like either you're buying a costume that can be really expensive or you're making a costume and making costumes can yeah. be. There's ways to do cosplay. There are, way, there are ways to do cosplay cheap. Things like buying things yeah. secondhand, oh, yeah. um, altering things you already have. Closet cosplay is a big yep. thing. Um, my Raven from Teen Titans is completely a closet cosplay, so I, I own the that. wig. I own some of her accessories, and then I just wear a bunch of goth shit that I yeah. already own. Yeah, definitely. She's goth. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, the more kind of, like, unique, hard-to-find ones, like the Daleks, it's kind of oh, yeah, like... that's either, the big stuff. Yeah, it's like either you're buying mm-hmm. something that can be really expensive, or you're making something from scratch, and even even making stuff can still be really oh, yeah. expensive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I did a costume a couple years ago. I was like a steampunk engineer. It was a Halloween costume, but oh, I love steampunk. I make all my own Halloween costumes. It's one of the things I do, and it was very fun. It was a great costume, but also like just to make like the belt and the like mm-hmm. billowy shirt and the cloak was so expensive, and I didn't even do the like full like skirt, corset, boots, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because I was steampunk. I was a little bit on on crunch time. So I was like, we're just going to do the very basic, like, steampunk engineer. And even that was so expensive. And I was like, ugh. Yeah, I think the most amount of money I've ever spent on a cosplay, mm-hmm. I think I did um, I did a $300. I spent $300 on, no, $400, sorry, $400. Yes. Forgot about that. Um, I did a cosplay from a show called Kamen Rider Gaim. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamen Rider is a Japanese tokusatsu show. It's live action. It's basically like the original style of Power Rangers, but the aged up version. So the original Power Rangers is Super Sentai, which is a younger age range than Kamen mm-hmm. Rider is your next age range up. Mm-hmm. It's really, really, really good. I, I need more friends who are Kamen Rider fans. I have like <laughs> three and I need four. Um, oh my God. Fair. Because it's not a very popular show. So I wore, so yeah. I bought this cosplay. Like the jacket had to be custom made, mm-hmm. um, which was about $150. The belt, and the accessories were at least two hundred dollars, and then yeah. the rest of the costume ended up being about a hundred dollars because I thrifted Ooh. it. Yeah, I worked at a thrift store at the time, so I was like really lucky to be able to find the right yeah. things. Valid. And even then, it was still ended up being about four hundred dollars, plus all the altering I had to do for the clothes. And then yeah. only one person recognized me. Oh. But that's the thing: that one person that recognized me. We're still friends to this day, and that was yeah. about four years ago. That's awesome. You, so, like, we I made such a good friend, and it was great. That's awesome. Yeah, it, I... Cosplay with, can get really expensive. It can. Like, with my Ursula cosplay, it was kind of a, co- a closet cosplay in some ways, because a lot of the components I already had, and then mm-hmm. for the skirt, which is, like, kind of a distressed-looking tutu thing, 
Um, I just bought a bunch of tool and an elastic and made it myself. So it wasn't super expensive. I think it cost me maybe like $50, $60 to make, which is like a, a pretty penny, but not $400. Pretty classic. Like pretty yeah. standard cosplay price. And I made like my own jewelry and I did all my ma- my own makeup and stuff. But it, it was kind of like, even for that, I still total if I count the top that I bought the year before for a different costume, it still would have cost me like about a hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, and it's like a fairly, it's not like a super, super involved cosplay. And I probably will buy an actual corset for it um, mm. soon because the one I'm using right now is not really a corset. It's like a corset style top and it's from a Halloween store and it's not the best. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria has seen photos. Like it's fine. I have. It's, it's, it's fine. And it's a good yeah. starter but if you have the opportunity and the means to go oh, yeah. better i mean why not right yeah definitely uh yeah and that's kind of like my go-to costume at the moment because i'm also blonde for a while which doesn't hurt because then i don't have to buy a wig it's my own hair and which is nice yes no my go-to cosplay is definitely velma i can throw her on and just yeah. have a great time yeah velma's a, i feel like a fun velma. character to cosplay too yeah it's yeah, she's i do so... own black square glasses for that exact <laughs> reason i love that i used to have like different glasses and i was like no i need black square ones for velma <laughs> that's super valid yeah honestly one of my favorite things is when people are just like i'm gonna go with this character who's like super classic and super recognizable. And then you meet like a bunch of other cosplayers in the same costume and you can just yes. take a picture with like all the Velmas or something. I Actually, that did happen to me. I really? was dressed as Velma. It was one of my first times. It was I looked horrible. <laughs> and thank God everyone was so nice to me because I felt yeah. horrible and everyone was really nice. So I felt oh, better yeah. at the end. But looking That's back good. at those photos, no. Um, Fair. So, But I was dressed as Velma and I was walking on the convention and someone tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and there was another Velma and she had a Shaggy. So somewhere on my laptop, I have a picture of the two Velmas fighting over Shaggy. I love that. Which is, I think, hilarious because yeah. the new Velma in the new scooby-doo series has been announced as being a lesbian i love that yeah so she like the new at that least doesn't now, surprise new me. canon she is officially a lesbian i love and, that that doesn't no, surprise me uh i think she's been a lesbian the whole time this just in i always thought she was like bi or pan yeah because there is no way she was not being like hello daphne you are incredibly attractive and i have problems with that why are you with red come be my lesbian lover please please yeah fair Okay, cool, 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 cool. So <laughs> let's move on a little bit from cosplay characters and conventions <laughs> to kind of one of the last things we'll talk about a little before we wrap up because we've been recording for a little while, a good good amount of time. Oh my God, oh my Lord. Yes, it's already what? four o'clock. Um, wow. I know. It goes fast, right? It People does. are worried when they record with me that it's going to like take a really long time or that we're going to like be weird and awkward. But no, it's just us hanging out. Yeah. And then... There will also be a third party listener at some point, even if it's just like four of our friends. Can you hear me? So the next thing I kind of <laughs> want to talk to you about before we wrap up a little bit is other tabletop RPGs. Yes. Because you play D&D, obviously. We talked about that a little I bit. I do. You're in my long campaign and you're playing the summer one shots and that kind of thing. Yeah. But you also play a bunch of other tabletop RPGs. I do. So, I do, I do, I do. The big one you've told me a lot about is Legend <laughs> of the Five Rings. Yes, Legend of the Five Rings, which I think in a previous episode, I talked a little bit, I think it might have been Scott's episode, about how 
when you play D&D, the DM is also a player and you're kind of supposed to work together with your players to create this story. <laughs> as far as you've told me, in Legend of the Five Rings, the DM's job is to kill off their characters. Um, yeah, sorry. My, uh, so I was actually on a video chat with my, with my Legend of the Five Rings players, because every Wednesday yeah. I run a Legend of the Five Rings game. Awesome. And I was talking with them earlier today, and they've started making memes about this campaign we're running. <laughs> I love that. And one of them is just like, like, you know, everyone's frolicking in a field and then the storm clouds come and the storm clouds just had my name on it. And the, oh the people in the field were just like, everyone having a happy and wholesome life in Legend of the Five Rings, then I'm just coming in to ruin their <laughs> lives. I love that. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I've so never Legend, played Legend of the Five Rings. Which I've I would really, like to rectify at some point. Yes, we will figure that out. I've really only played d and I've talked about that before. I've also yeah. mostly DM'd with D&D. Because I played like a little bit and then a bunch of people were like, oh, we need you to DM. And I was like, all right, sounds fun. Let's DM. And I've just been DMing since then. Yeah. So I wanted to talk to you maybe about if you wanted to join, because um, I'm DMing a Saturday, a d and mm-hmm. I apologize to editor Kaylee. Um, Editing Kaylee, I'm sure, has many comments. She, <laughs> Fun fact about me is so I really like recording the podcast and it's super fun. I am not big on the editing. I do everything myself, obviously, but like editing Kaylee is grumpy constantly. <laughs> we love you, edit, editing Kaylee. Yes, we love you. Future you can't Kaylee. see I'm making hard hands. Yes, she was making hard hands. Um, but yes, what were you going to say? I was going to say um, I have, we are playing a D&D 5E game. I'm running a D&D 5E game Saturday nights. And I was going to say mm-hmm. we're at a good point if you wanted to join us that you could Ooh. get more player experience. I would not be opposed to this. I do have a couple of characters built. Um, I talked about one of my characters in my episode with Abby, which is going to be coming out actually the day we're recording this, it's going to be posted. Ooh. But she's fun, so I'll tell you about her a little bit later. But one of the other ones that I was building a little while ago just for fun, because I was thinking about using him as an NPC, is a rogue. Because I like rogues. Most of the characters I build are rogues. Who is, like, really charismatic and dexterous and whatever. Like, classic kind of rogue build, but just really, really good at lying and really persuasive. (laughs) And the way he gets, like, the way he makes money is by basically getting people in trouble for things. So somebody will be like, I don't like this specific guy. Go get him in trouble with the city guard. And his name is Julius for some reason. I named him that. I don't know why. Julius will be like, all right. And then he'll go down to the tavern and like hang out and chat. And then suddenly he'll be like, what did you say about my mother? You fiend and start a bar fight. But because he like is so good at, <laughs> but because he's so good at lying, he can convince like the city guard that it's not his fault that the other guy should get in trouble for it. And so that's makes how sense. he makes money. Yeah. That's, good, that's good money making. Right. <laughs> in D&D. Don't do that in real life. Um, Please don't do that in real life. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> don't take any of our D&D stories as advice for things you should do in real life. No. Oh, God. If you took anything that I ever did in D&D <laughs> or L5R or any of the other RPGs Ooh. I play as requests, as like things you should do in real life, your yeah, life just, will end. Yes. Yeah, somebody will. Yeah, it'll be bad. Um, it will be. Yeah, we can. One we can of my D and D characters once jumped out of an airship. Like, fun time. Just it was. A I lot mean, of go fun. skydiving if you want to go skydiving, but don't just like jump out of a plane. Yeah, it was like we're on a plane, and there was something like there was. We were on the airship on top, and there was like an airship below us that was coming around, and I, and my character was like, "Well, why don't I just jump on the airship and pop it?" <laughs> and so she did. 
because that's that. how physics works. Oh so she gosh. jumps off the airship and she's like, and she like landed on it. I don't know how mm. I I rolled so well that I, she landed on this stupid airship because she yeah. had like she had like I think ten points in acrobatics. Oh my god! We were For playing context. Pathfinder, and in Pathfinder yeah. you can put experience points into skills to raise your skill level. Yeah, and she had like rank 10 she had like level 10 acrobatics so she managed acrobatics her way onto an airship yeah i was gonna say like context being a level 10 in acrobatics is high but being like 10 as your stat for acrobatics like for dexterity having 10 as your stat not high not high at all That's a zero modifier, no. potentially a no. negative well, one was, modifier. This def- well, for for for, for Dungeons and Dragons five e, which is what we yes. typically play, ten is not that much. But no. so Pathfinder. in pa- the Pathfinder, which is Dungeons and yeah. Dragons three point five, yeah, um, what it is is you get yeah you get skill you get experience points to put into skills so you can raise your skill level, mm-hmm. and then so ten was actually quite high. Yeah, because you have to do. One plus two plus three plus four plus five plus six plus seven plus eight. Yeah. Plus nine plus ten, which is a lot of numbers to add up and I'm bad at math. But like that's how much experience points you need to put into that. Fifty-five. You need fifty-five experience points to get there. Which is quite a bit when you're only getting like five per game. Wow, did I do that math correctly? Hold on. Get a calculator. (laughs) Yeah. Fun fact about me, I'm not good at math, which is kind of important for a DM. Uh No, calculators exist yeah. for a reason. Yeah, I'm good I failed at like... math all four years of high school. I love that for you. Well, I don't love that Thank for you, you, but like... I love that for me because... It could be worse. Hey, my teacher was really good. She could tell That's I was good. trying, so she gave me the 50 I needed to pass. But she nice. was like... I was. I always asked her what right. was my real... <laughs> yes! Well, I figured because 100... I asked her, like, what was my real score? Because I know you gave me the 50. I shouldn't have gotten the 50. And she goes, Uh well, this year you got a 32. I was very impressed. It was better than last year's 27. And I'm like, thanks, miss. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's fair. I have a couple learning disabilities, which, like, just totally screw me over in terms of math. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting better. I'm I'm slowly, like, rehabilitating my math skills. RPGs do help. Yeah, RPGs do help, honestly, like, because you have to, there's a surprising amount of math in mm-hmm. tabletop RPGs, and for anybody who's never played, we'll use Dungeons & Dragons, because it's kind of the easiest, like, most mm-hmm. common example. For anybody who hasn't played, there is, like, a significant amount of math involved, especially mm-hmm. to set up your character. In actual gameplay, it's more just, like, basic attraction, a lot of attraction. <sighs> Addition. Hey. Uh, <laughs> Yes, it's it's usually like <laughs> it's usually like basic edition. And so it's not like a, a ton of time, but like there's especially for DMs, there's a significant amount of math involved in like oh, yeah. DMing and doing when all kinds DM, of stuff. Yeah. You need to do all the math for all of the NPCs, all of the villains. Yeah. Make sure everyone else's math is on is on track. Yeah. So it's honestly good practice. It's 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 kinda I saw a meme one time where it's like D&D is just math disguised to Skyrim. And it's not, <laughs> it's not entirely wrong. It's not. No. Why is that true? Yeah. Like, I've never really... Uh, honest thing here. I've never really played Skyrim. I'm not a big in person. But I, we both know enough about it to kind of... Oh, yeah. yeah. I've watched people play Skyrim enough oh, yeah. to know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anyways, um, yeah, so other tabletop RPGs. You play Legend of the Five Rings a lot. That's like your other favorite. 
It is. So no, it's definitely my favorite. Tom, hands down, favorite. if I can okay. pick one RPG to play for the rest of my life, I pick Maybe Legend LOGR. of the Five Rings. Okay. Um, just because L5R, L5R is amazing. L5R, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, so, so good. Yeah. What is Legend of the <laughs> That's Five the next Rings? question. Yeah. Like, I was like, I when know, is that happening? Yeah. Like, obviously, I know what it is. We've talked about this already. But, like, what? what explain what Legend of the Five Rings okay. is. So, Legend of the Five Rings is, uh, is a feudal Japan, feudal Japan era style um, RPG. You are a you are a person in a world called Rokugan, and Rokugan is a giant land built up of different clans. So the lion clan, the mm-hmm. crane clan, the mantis clan, unicorn, crab, scorpion, phoenix, dragon, mm-hmm. and then a whole bunch of minor clans as well. And your job is to basically just survive in this land you can be Mm -hmm. a samurai you can be um a monk you can be a shikenja which is a magic user uh there's courtiers which is politics there are entire campaigns based around court systems and political games and it's fantastic it's actually a lot of fun um yeah sorry um super cool it's just this amazing game where you've got interclan politics surrounded with like fighting the demons from the shadow lands and you there's like there's blood magic and there's like like the best thing about l5r in my opinion is the character building abilities so what it is is there's things called advantages and disadvantages Mm -hmm. and these are things that can make your character super broken or super messed up love that like you can pick the wrong combination of two and all of a sudden your character has some serious problems for example um in my l5r game i have a character there's a character that one of my players is playing and her name is sakura and Mm -hmm. sakura chose some really amazing advantages she's got a legendary weapon she's got she's got um true beauty which means she's gorgeous and people literally have to role to see if they are not charmed by her beauty she's brilliant in her fighting abilities the problem is in order to weigh that to balance that out she had to take for your advantage you have to take disadvantages and the disadvantages she chose are bitter betrothal and true love oh yes you told me about this character yeah bitter betrothal is basically where you are in an unhappy marriage and in rokugan that usually means a political marriage or an abusive relationship or something negative super duper negative and then she's also has true love which means she's found the person that she's meant to be with she found her yeah. soulmate the person that loves her forever unfortunately yeah. i'm a really mean dm <laughs> so i decided that her husband who i who is an npc i'm playing named kanjiro is the man that she was forced into a political marriage with he's he's just not happy to be there because he didn't want to get married he just wanted to do his job and you know exist in his life and have his own life and do his own thing because that's what people like to do and then she he was like then his his court system was like you have to marry this chick who is nothing in common with you doesn't want to be with you and is probably a lesbian he's just like oh man that's not what he said because he's he's quite lovely He's kind of a, he's basically, um, he's basically, I based him off Sarek from Star Trek. This yeah. like calm man who's just into politics and that's it. Fair. And, yeah. But the problem is his bodyguard's name is Yukine. And oh. guess who 
Sakura is in love with. Oof. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. now there's a love triangle, and that's like a subplot. That's not even the main plot. There's uh-huh. other things happening. There's a character yeah. who has horrible nightmares, and his best friend is a lovable idiot who has like you know home problems that he has to protect him from. Mm-hmm. And they're in love, but they won't admit it to each other because they're both idiots. They literally keep like missing each other. Yeah, that sucks. And it's adorable. Yeah. Kind Sorry, of the five R. That's what clearly no. I, it's great. I, and, I love I love it when people just talk about things they're passionate about. It, it always is just so much fun. But yeah, so a, one of the big distinctions between something like L five R and D and D is they're both tabletop role playing games. They are. Right. But the actual like world setup is much different. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. And with D&D specifically, as a DM, it's not really your job to kill off your characters. If you can play campaigns like that, obviously, like everything's up to you and the people you're playing with. Oh, However, yeah. it's not really the point of the game. Yeah. With Legend of the Five Rings. The point of Legend of the Five Rings is more to have your characters experience the world they're in. This is a yeah. world with history. This is a world with customs. Yes. This is a world where there are social traditions that if you don't follow, you could be killed for it. For example, getting a present from someone that is a higher rank than you, you must decline that present three times before accepting it, or it is considered dishonorable to the dishonorable to the person that you are accepting the gift from. So if like, it's considered like snubbing them. If you're just like, Oh, thanks a present. And they're like, that's considered huge. And this is a world that has, has seppuku. And you can have, be forced, if your honor goes low enough, you can be forced to kill yourself in order to maintain your family's honor or lose yeah. your abilities. And that's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. So, like, a little bit it. of a warning with yeah. uh, Lord of, Legend of the Five Rings. I keep wanting to say Lord of the Rings. <laughs> there is a Lord of the Rings RPG. I have played there it. There is. Um, I've heard many things about it, but with Legend of the Five Rings, it, it tends to be a little bit angstier than D&D and generally a lot, just, a lot more yeah, a lot more and generally darker which I is have not made a bad players thing. cry <laughs> with this um I had yeah. a player cry because they had to choose between the love that they felt for for their partner or saving a child and they did have to make that decision yeah which is you know rough and they were like but but can't I just you know you know magic and they'd never played l5r and i was like they were used to D and they were like can't i just you know use a spell and make it better and i was like no this like, is no, a real gotta... situation this is real yeah. life in an rpg yeah, <laughs> but... yeah. Uh, legend of the five rings to me sounds a little bit more like you are playing through a life of somebody versus D is like you are somebody playing through adventures yeah it's definitely that like that's you a good are this person yeah. Yeah, that's a really great distinction, right? actually. Yeah. So yeah. I I definitely want to do it at some point. It sounds fun so and fun. also very, uh, the, I don't know a good word, dramatic, angsty. It is. It's angsty, angsty dramatic. it's dramatic. It's Yeah. So if you're, if you're into, like, angsty role play, definitely check out Legend of the Five Rings. Yeah. If you're into it's... Lord of the Rings, check out the Lord of the Rings one. <laughs> Um, if you want to just be introduced to tabletop RPGs, definitely start out with D and D. Because D and D, I think Dungeons also, and Dragons Five E yeah. is definitely the easiest of the current yes. Dungeons and Dragons 
setup. So starting with 5e is best. Um, Pathfinder yes. is definitely the one you're going to find the most players for. So if you're looking for yeah. something where there's a whole bunch of players, Pathfinder is good. Don't start with mm-hmm. fourth edition. It's not good. I no. played it. It's not. It's not they good. tried doing it more like a like a like a video game MMORPG, yeah. and it just and like there work. are there are tabletop RPGs that are structured more like video games, and there's nothing wrong with that if that's the no, kind of game you want to be play. really well done if you do it right. Yeah, especially if that's the kind of game you want to play. But with D and D specifically, it kind of just doesn't lend itself to that style yeah. very well. And also, the position didn't do it right. Yeah, no. And, like, I've had players who play a lot of, like, RPG video games and then try and start playing D&D with me. And it's definitely different. And it's definitely, like, an adjustment you have to make. Because especially with video games, it's kind of like, here are your dialogue options. One of them is going to kill you. Two of them are going to be mediocre. One of them is going to do really well. And, like, obviously not all of them are like that, but a a lot of them. A lot of them are like that, you know? And with D&D, you can kind of do anything, and you have to kind of know what you're doing when you build a character, or you have to build it with somebody who knows what they're doing. Because if you build your character wrong, it's going to make gameplay really hard. Mm -hmm. Right? I agree. So, like, we had a player... I'm not going to name any names, because that's not fun, but... We live. We love the ambiguity here at Disaster Masters <laughs> podcast. Um, but the beginning of this long campaign, you'll know who I'm talking about. The current long campaign. We had a character who was very used to video games. He had played a little bit of D and D, not a ton, but like he had enough experience that he should have known what he was doing. And he sent me his character sheet because I asked everybody to send me their character sheets just so I could like see what the characters were like and figure out a way to introduce him. And no, I don't think you sent me yours. I think I just trusted you to. You sent me a summary of your character. Yeah. Well, I wanted like trusted me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I want. I wanted at least summaries of everybody's character, but this specific player just sent me their character sheet. Um, Valid. Yeah, which is sometimes easier because then it's just like, oh yeah, this is what they can do. But they had just used like roll twenty to make it or D&D Beyond, or something like that. And there's nothing wrong with make, using character generators, but if you've never made a character sheet before, and you're mm-hmm. making a character kind of for the first time, make sure you're doing it with the player's handbook, and with YouTube videos, or your DM, or another experienced player. Because, honestly, doing it through generators just isn't going to do it right. And they're always no. going to give you base stats, they're going to give you base stats in the forge, and if you're going to make a character with a generator, yeah. your best bet is then to go over it as yes. if you were making it from scratch. Yeah. And so then like, you can be like, oh, this is wrong. Oh, this is wrong. Oh, I can yeah. change this to make it better for me as a player. Exactly. Don't just do it and, like, put it in the generator and be like, okay, done. Like, you, there's more that has to go into it. But so they'd done that yeah. and sent me their character sheet. And I was like, this is weird (laughs) it's like what did you do question mark and then i i ended up fixing it for them and sending it back editing kaylee here for a quick note just wanted to give credit where credit is due dm team member spencer actually did help me fix that character sheet a ton mostly her work because it was really weird but yeah anyways back to the episode but yeah i was like we don't have time for you to make a whole new thing you can learn eventually and you keep playing D D and whatever and 
they are unfortunately one of the people who is no longer playing in this campaign because they got mm-hmm. busy. But that's valid. You get busy. Where people leave, people come in. Yeah. And we easy. added three people for two people who left. So it's a solid group of five. Worked. Yeah, it's a solid group of five. And <laughs> it <laughs> we have some fun, 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 fun characters. But yeah, so the, there's a ton of tabletop RPGs. I would bet you there's at least as many tabletop RPGs as there are conventions. More. More. Tabletop probably. RPGs are... So tabletop RPGs are actually surprisingly easy to make if mm-hmm. you know what you're doing. And then Speaking you've also of, got... <laughs> yeah. You mentioned to me earlier that you're, you are currently <laughs> creating yes. your own tabletop I am RPG. making my own RPG. Um, yeah. So the way that Talk people can make... And then we'll wrap up. (laughs) So the way you can make your own RPG, there's basically three ways to do it. There is Mm -hmm. the first way, which is the easiest way, which is when you get a seed, which is an open sourced Mm -hmm. RPG maker. So there's things like um, Pathfinder, like 3.5, I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. was an open sourced RPG. There's, um, I think D20 is one of them. There's a couple Mm -hmm. others whose names I forget, but I'm aware of them. Or you can basically just take a base system so your dice is already figured out, your battle system's Mm -hmm. figured out, all that's figured out, and you just kind of pluck in what you want. Yeah. And that's it. It's like a pick-and-choose matching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the battle system's already there, and you're like, okay, I want it to be cyberpunk. So instead of regular hammers, it's laser hammers. Great. Laser hammer sounds cool. It does sound cool. The second one is you just build your own dice system and your own battle system and you go from this from scratch and yeah. um, no, <laughs> I can't mm, do that. But it's fair. incredibly difficult. And if you can do that, then you are amazing. An RPG I know called New Manera, that's mm-hmm. a really fun one to play. Uh, yeah. They did that where they just went right awesome. from scratch. The character sheets are original. The book is beautiful and I want awesome. one. But yeah, also all of like, I'm I'm not going to say all of because I obviously don't know about all of them, but like all of the RPGs that I know of, they all have gorgeous art. Like even if you're not like not all of them, Victoria's making a face at me, but like I don't know <laughs> about a, a face. ton of them. But like the ones I know of, a lot of them have really gorgeous art. They do. So definitely like D and D, Legend of the Five Rings, even the Beautiful. I think the Lord of the Rings one as well. Lord of the Rings has one. Um, the yeah. Doctor Who art is surprisingly yeah. good. Uh, so, Numenera has pretty art. Yeah. If you're uh, into art as well as like uh, the TRPGs, just go go look them up and just take a really gander at the art because it's it's so cool. Even in mm-hmm. like the monster manual for DMs, it's the yeah. all of the monsters are have an illustration and they're so cool. Anyways, continue with the the building of the RPGs. <laughs> yeah, so basically that's what you can do. And I'm yeah. using like a base RPG. Like I've taken an RPG and I'm just stripping it yeah. and making it on my own. So the way I'm doing it is an RPG that's not open source. So I will not be selling it or making money off it mm-hmm. just because that's illegal. <laughs> but it's because I know the dice system for this RPG and I can easily translate yeah. the character sheets but i'm making a magical girl rpg they Fun. do exist already there are several magical girl rpgs just none of them could cater to what i wanted so i'm just making my own awesome. it'll be elemental based with a with a turn-based magic system mm-hmm. and an intense battle system with like a recharge with a power recharge um focus as well i'm excited i still have to finish building it and then write the manual yeah. but i will and it'll be fun and i'm excited yeah. That's super cool. And I mean, if you want me to do any illustrations for you, let me know. 
because I would be too, super open to doing that. Yes, something, so this is kind of the last thing we'll talk about before we wrap up, because we have been recording for a little while, but. <laughs> there are, yeah, and I could talk about mm-hmm. alternative RPGs for hours. Yeah. Like, there are so many. Everything from really schoolgirl RPG, which is like a really base, easy to play, 10 second yeah. character creation RPG, to I think the most complicated system I've ever played is Numenera, where just yeah. the character creation is insane, the world is amazing. Yeah, I've and heard everything of it. is it's a time fantastic. Yeah, so we have several art challenges for me specifically, but also anybody who listens to these. If we have any artists who are listening. Yeah, so we have some fun art challenges. Hopefully some of them will be up before this episode gets edited and uploaded. But I've been asking a couple people this in various episodes. If you could see art for anything like that we've talked about or any like characters from the one shots and the or the long campaign, what would it be? Like cuz I'm making art for each of the one shots oh. and we are going to be Fun little uh, announcement here, though. I'm not sure when this episode is going to go up. It's fairly soon. We are going to be uploading some live play episodes from the one shots we're doing. Um, it'll be two episodes per one shot because it's two different groups. Um, not all the one shots are going to go up, but like quite a few of them. And it, the first one that's going to go up is the Goblin King one shot, which you oh played in. So we have your I did. group. I did play in that. Yes, you had a fun character in that. So we have your group. I did. uh, Corin Oakley was a lovely character. Who we will find out about when that episode goes up. But yeah, so yeah, stay tuned. Keep listening. So that episode will be up soon. Both of those soon. Um, But yes, so if you could see art for any anything we've done in like the D and D realm or the podcast realm, what would it be? Probably what just happened because I seem I feel like it was a really big point in our campaign where just everyone was sitting on the grass uh, yes. as a group hanging out after we'd all been reunited yeah. and we're giving out gifts and we're just as a unit existing. True. Yeah, I feel so, like that would just be a really nice, serene okay. picture to look at. Yeah, fun. So context for anybody. Or Hattery probably... covered in blood jumping on an axe beak. <laughs> That's yes. also something. That could also be a fun one. It's from the very, very first session. Yeah, context for anybody who doesn't know, which is most of you. In our long campaign, the party basically accidentally got split. And it ended up being Cabaret. Not my fault. And then, no, it is not Victoria's fault. It ended Everyone up said being... not to touch the magic thing. And everyone was like, let's touch the magic thing. And yes. he's just so, like, I am a gnome. I am covered in magic. Stop that. It's, it's true. So what the groups ended up being for... I think two sessions, right? Two and a half sessions, something like that, mm-hmm. was um, the halflings, so Ellie and Roscoe, and Scott's ranger Caliban, and then on the other group, Victoria as Tabrank and Spencer as Sariel, and then they ended up summoning an NPC who was a warlock named Allerman. Um, Kit Allerman in his full name, but he's a dramatic goth warlock. <laughs> And he goes specifically by his last name. So he's a fun NPC. Victoria's laughing at me. <laughs> he is a lot of fun. I am because um, Caleb and I had summoned Allerman right at the end of the last yes. session. And, and I forgot. <laughs> and then the next session, I was like, where is he? And Kaylee was like, oh, shit. But it was it definitely says, fun watching you. Like, improv? Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. So that's all we're going to talk about today. We're going to wrap it up here. It was a fun little recording session. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with me. You're welcome. 
And I'm, I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, you're a member of the DM team, so you'll be back at some point. Oh, wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to do my my outro now. The outro is still a work in progress. It's the thing about this podcast is it, it's just kind of always a disaster, and it'll kind of always be a disaster. So feel free to go follow us on all our various platforms. Instagram and Twitter both exist. Instagram is at Disaster Masters Pod, and Twitter is at D underscore M underscore pod, though I'm not on Twitter very often. I'm sorry. So for updates about episodes or if you want to request topics or people or guests, feel free to tweet us or leave us a comment. And we also have an email account. So it's just disastermasterspod at gmail.com. Feel free to shoot us an email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Or if you want to tell us that you really liked a specific guest or topic, feel free to let us know there or anywhere else. Uh, Or if you want to send us like topic requests or art or anything like that, let us know. Victoria's dancing and doing jazz hands. They can't see you, my friend. (laughs) But I find it entertaining. So it's all that matters. So yeah, feel free to go follow us on all our various things. And until next time, thanks for tuning in to another absolute disaster of a conversation and have fun. Now we're going to go to credits. The Disaster Masters podcast is edited and produced by me, Kaylee Davies Niece. Our awesome original music was composed by Noah Stoley. To check out more of his work, go look him up on Spotify or wherever else you get your music. A special thanks to Victoria, today's cool person, and we'll see you next time. Great trees whirl about like toothpicks. The creation of a partial vacuum within the vortex can cause... That's going to be the end credits. I'm okay with that.